Sean back with you now. Current time is 9 a.m. on the nose on this Wednesday, the 14th of October. And we're pleased to welcome you to Community Pulse, your locally produced program here on KOPN on the coronavirus pandemic in mid-Missouri. As a reminder of our production schedule, you can catch Community Pulse live right here from the downtown KOPN studios Mondays and Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. And if you happen to miss any part of the episode or would like to share it with friends, no worry, all no worries. All of the backdated episodes are uploaded to our website, kopn.org. They're posted on our Facebook feed, and you can also find them on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This morning, we are so very pleased to welcome back a uh, public figure who has been quite good to us. Boone County Clerk Brianna Lennon will be joining us, and she'll be interviewed by public health advocate Ginny Chadwick. Brianna, thank you so very much for joining us once again. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Brianna, thank you for joining us. So much going on right now when we look at um, the consideration for voting here on November the 3rd. So very quickly, and I'll take um, the end of my show to talk a little bit more about all the things going on, but wanting to utilize our guest on the line right now. Um, Missouri, you know, we are still trending um, and right now. It's hard to say if we're trending in an upward fashion, one would um believe that. But the United States overall, we're seeing an upward climb. So right now we have um, 7.8 million cases uh, across the United States with a 21% increase in that 14-day change. So we're seeing a a daily case count of about 54,000 cases per day. And Missouri, when I say it's hard to say where we are, um, we have not, the state has not reported cases for three days in a row. And so we don't know where we're trending. Matthew Holloway, the place that every listener on our show knows that we turn, took a much needed three-day break from collecting data. And so he started back collecting data um, day before yesterday. So we got um, that day he identified from the time that he had left to the time he came back identified about 4,000 cases. And then again, last night, he identified another 4,000 cases during just that time period. So Missouri, um, according to his data, now sitting at 155,261 COVID cases. And he identified 66 deaths yesterday. Um, Here in Boone County, we had 63 new COVID cases. But we still look across those numbers on how we're tracking them. And, you know, our test rates and our positivity rate is still um, test rates are down. Testing is down. Positivity rate is up. So we're back up to 11.4 for a positivity rate. Um, Knowing that this virus is still very present with us, we are all getting ready to go to the polls and, and figuring out, how we're going to go. And, you know, the New York Times had an a, um, extensive article this morning on several states who have early voting. Um, and it seems like it, you know, the title is eight hour waits, machine glitches, um, why early voting in some, some states have had a hard start. Um, so, Brianna, when we think about what's happening here in um, Boone County, as the clerk for our county, you hold in a very important role during what some will say is um, the most important election for our democracy. So give the listeners, like we know that you had to register to vote by October the 7th. So that date has passed. 
how many registered voters do we have here right now in Boone County? And if you don't so know these we, numbers off the top of your head, I oh no, I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I, I do. So um, it's uh, so it's a combination of numbers. So we have active voters. If you're looking at 2016 numbers, so for the 2016 November election, we had 108,000 active voters on the roll, and that means active. Uh, the, you're registered to vote, you're eligible. We don't think that you have an address issue. There are also inactive voters, which are people that we've gotten mail bounced back to us for, and that puts us in an in an inactive state. They're still eligible. They could still show up on election day, but more likely than not, they're either no longer in Boone County or they are somewhere else in Boone County and they just haven't told us. So, okay, so if they show up at the polls and their poll worker says you're an inactive voter, that does not mean they cannot vote. Correct. That just means that you need to call our office and we update your address um, okay. because you might and be at the wrong polling location for your new address. Yeah. So, right. And uh, so if they're if registered you, within Boone County, they can just they call the office, they get an updated address. Okay, good to know. Absolutely. So um, 108,000 active in 2016, about 121, I think, thousand active plus inactive in 2016. Compare that to now, we have 114,000 active, and our inactive plus active total is more like 130,000. So we've definitely seen an increase in numbers from 2016. Uh, so we'll see if that causes an increase um, or, or a very dramatic increase in the number of voters that come out. But we definitely know that um, COVID precautions and just general interest in this election has caused our absentee numbers to shoot up. So between the, the voters that have requested a ballot and those that we've already um, voted in our office or at one of our satellite locations on the weekend, we're at over 17,000 um, absentee or mail-in uh, votes. And let's go over this for the listeners, because I know I've heard it, but even once I hear it, you know, when I sat with my ballot in front of me uh, as I, uh, I requested an absentee ballot, I really had to read through it. So mail-in ballots, when do they need it? When do they need or need requested by? And when do they need received by your office for mail-in ballots? Absolutely. So if you want a ballot mailed to you, whether it's an absentee or a mail-in, if you're confused about the difference, we can help you with that. But um, what if you want one mailed to you, you have to request it by 5 p.m. next Wednesday, October 21st. That's the hard deadline. It's not a postmark deadline. It has to be received by our office by 5 p.m. next Wednesday. When you get your ballot and you're filling it out, that's another one that postmarks. When you say received, let me just oh. see. When you say received, sure. you received the request the ballot, not receive the ballot, but receive the request for a mail-in or absentee ballot by October the 21st. Right, by 5 p.m. on October the 21st, because we do have an online portal for absentee applications, but we have to have it by 5 p.m. So if you log on to our portal at 530, it's going to tell you it's too late to ask for your ballot. So 5 p.m. October 21st. Um, if you okay. were planning on mailing in your request, Get it in the mail right now uh, so, so that we know that we're going to get it uh, by 5 p.m. on October 21st. Um, 
if you have your mail-in ballot already or you're expecting to get your mail-in ballot soon, fill it out, get it back to us as soon as possible. It has to be received by by 7 p.m. on election night. So when the polls close on election night, that's when we need all of the ballots in by. That's another one that's not a postmark um, unless you're a military member. But for everybody that is in Boone County and listening, get it into our office by 7 p.m. on election night. Um, we have uh, places set up if you're an absentee voter that you can just drop them off with our office. And that's what our weekend locations are for as well. If you're requesting just a regular mail-in that has to be mailed back to us and there is ongoing litigation, I know lots of people have asked about the ongoing litigation. Right now, nothing has changed with regard to how the election is happening. None of the court cases have affected anything related to what's happening in the election right now. So if you need to mail it back to us, get it back in the mail as soon as possible. Um, we also have uh, been working with our local post office to make sure that the downtown post office location and the USPS Dropbox that's right outside of our office gets collected on a very regular basis and gets the ballots directly to us. Okay, so for absentee, um, which is different than the mail-in, um, can you go over that for us and the ways that you can drop it off? Because the mail-in ballot has to be put in the mail. And as you've said before, but just for our listeners, like it's clear when you're getting the mail-in ballot, you make a different request than the way you make the absentee request. So for the absentee ballot, once you get it, you can drop it off at locations. Can you explain that? Yes. So once you have filled it out and you are filling out the back of it and choosing your absentee reason, you can bring it to our office. So we're at the corner of 9th and Ash, and you can bring it into our office in room 236, or we have a tent set up outside during our normal business hours. So you can just drop it off without having to come inside. We also will be at Rockbridge High School uh, from 10 to 3 this coming Saturday. So you can drop it off there if you're in that area. Um, and then the following Saturday, we will be at Centralia High School from 10 to 3. And then the 25th, which is that Sunday, we will be at Douglas High School from 10 to 3. And um, if you don't want to mail, all of those locations also have in-person absentee. And you don't need to sign up in advance for that. It's just if you fall into one of the absentee categories, you can vote in person. It's just like voting on election day. You get your ballot, you put it in the machine. But bring a form of ID, whether you are dropping it off or um, voting in person, because we do need to see your ID when we get your ballot back. So for those pop-up locations that you listed, um, Rockbridge High School, Centralia, and Douglas, you didn't have to do anything in advance online to request an absentee ballot, but you can show up in person and get an absentee ballot and vote then. Correct. Correct. Okay. Awesome. So looking at the politics more a little bit, Brianna, when, you know, Boone County, um, you know, the city of Columbia has a mask ordinance uh, that doesn't cover all areas of the county. So, and so as we look to mask requirements and keep, keeping people safe in the polling places, what is that looking like 
across in the Boone County polling places. So our election judges will all be wearing masks. That is something that we do have control over. Um, and we have signs to encourage voters to wear masks as well. We're also um, in the process of obtaining masks so that people that come into a polling place can be offered masks if they do not have one. Uh, we're also making sure that our the pens that people use or a stylus, if they're going to use a stylus to sign onto the poll pad when they come in, um, those are individual. We're getting enough of them that everybody can just take one. So um, you don't have to worry about bringing your own pen. One will be provided to you. It'll be clean. It'll be just for you. Uh, it won't be touched by anybody else. Um, we also have plexiglass barriers that our election judges sit behind so that there's some distance between the voter and the election judge when they're going to check in. Uh, we've been hiring additional poll workers, and we did this for June and for August as well. It's worked really well. Um, additional poll workers that help make sure that the polling places stay clean. Um, we have social distancing posters that are up, and the Secretary of State's office has gotten us uh, floor stickers to be able to put those every six feet and also large quantities of hand sanitizer so that voters have that available to them as well. But voters do not ha are not required. They're encouraged, but they're not required to wear a mask as they enter in some of the polling places in Boone County. Is that what I'm hearing? That is correct. And that would be a county commission or a health department decision um, that, you know, there has been places across the state that has put, put that requirement in place countywide, um, but we in Boone County, the city of Columbia has put a mask ordinance in place, but our county commissioners have opted not to do that. And so now we have polling places where individuals can, um, without breaking any um, health ordinances, orders, or um, rules, go into our polling places without masks on. Um, so if somebody doesn't feel comfortable going into a polling place but comes on election day and realizes, you know, I don't want to go in with people without masks on, tell me about curbside voting because I've heard about that before. So curbside voting is available for individuals that, that can't make it into their polling place. Um, and it does take a little bit longer because it requires the poll workers to come out to bring um, the ballot to the voter. So the process involves a Republican and a Democrat election judge supervisor bringing a ballot out to um, the person at their car. The person will vote it in their car, and then the team of election judges will bring that ballot back into the polling place. So it's something that has, has always been offered. It's a requirement of the law that we make that available. Um, but if you are planning to do that, it's just um, good to be prepared that it may take a little while because if there's lines at the polling place, it takes a little bit of time for the judges to be able to make their way out of the polling place to uh, assist a voter that does need that. We also – oh, go ahead. No, I think that's interesting. So you bring up a lot of people – that are, you know, at the polling place. So can you give us a big, broad picture of all of the people um, that are either employed through the Boone County um, Clerk's Office or um, with a party as a representation that are, are allowed by law to be in the polling place? Because you just said, 
you know, a, an observer from the Democrat and the Republican Party. So what do all the people in that polling place look like? Absolutely. So um, at each polling place, there is a Republican and a Democratic supervisor. And those supervisors are basically um, election judges that have a lot of experience, that have done it before, and are um, tasked with more responsibility at the polling place. And then we have additional election judges that work with them. Those are the people that are checking in voters. Um, they're making sure that voters don't have any problems with their ballots or with the voting machines. And so for larger elections, we, we might have um, six people at a poll in a very large election. We might have um, eight or nine people, depending on the size of the poll and the expected number of voters that are going to be at each of them. Mizzou Arena is a good example where we'll have a lot of election judges there to help people. Um, and then by law, political parties are also allowed to designate watchers and challengers. And watchers and challengers, the political parties have to give us the list in advance of the election. We confirm that those people are eligible, which means that they have to be registered voters in Boone County. And then they are very constrained in what they're allowed to do. Watchers, just like the name implies, can sit in the polling place and they can watch everything that's happening, but they can't interfere with the process. They can't go up and talk to voters. They can't go up and talk to election judges and, and try to ask questions about everything. They're, they're just there to observe. And then challengers are allowed to um, know if they have a concern, if they have a concern about somebody's eligibility or a um, question about how the polling place is being run, they can bring that up to the election judge supervisors or to my office directly, and they can ask questions of that. But they, again, they can't get involved in the process of elections. They can't stop anybody from voting. They can't go to the voter directly and ask them questions. Everything is very narrowly constrained that they can talk to the people that are working there as election judge supervisors or to us. Another um, one other category that we may or may not have, but we've had in the past are international observers. And those are people that the secretary of state's office and a uh, international organization credential. And those folks are allowed to be in the polling place, just observing what's happening. Um, they also can't get involved in the process. Uh, and they are often from other countries and just there to see how the process works in the United States. You brought up Hearn Center, or the Mizzou Arena, sorry. You brought up Mizzou Arena. I have heard that, you know, Columbia or Boone County will have two universal polling places. I also heard something interesting that all of the Kansas City and St. Louis polling places will be universal polling places. Tell listeners what a universal polling place is, why, where it where it is in Boone County and and the idea how you came to the decision to have two and not maybe follow this St. Louis or Kansas City model. Sure. So the big difference between St. Louis and here is that they have different voting equipment that allows them to do universal polling locations. Um, if they have ballot on demand, which allows anybody to go to a polling place and they can print out your ballot right there. They don't do pre-printed ballots anymore. Um, and unfortunately, the company that they went with, we were buying equipment at the same time as them last year, but that company did not bid on our RFE. So we did not have the opportunity to have that um, presented to us in Boone County. So uh, unfortunately, our equipment 
if we wanted to move to that model, it would require everyone to use the touchscreen um, because otherwise we would have to have all all uh, 100 and change ballot styles available at every single polling location. Um, so that's a, it's a logistical problem. That's why we end up uh, not being able to make every single polling place a uh, available to everybody, but we do have the central polling location at the government center. And that is, uh, that's what our normal central polling location is. So that will be available at the same time that all of the other polls are, that will be at the government center and the commission chambers. And then Mizzou arena is the second polling location that will be available to everybody. And, um, that will be in the concourse area. When you walk into the building, uh, we will have um, one entrance designated as the way to go in so that we have line management control, uh, but it will allow us to have um, more capacity for if there is a line or, um, you know, if it's, if it's not great weather, the line can be inside and that way people can remain socially distanced um, and not have to kind of sneak out into an outside area. We had a central polling location in March in the Memorial Union area of the campus, and it was very well received, but um, we wanted to make sure that this one was available to not just students, but also faculty and staff and the general public. So having a good parking access was important. Um, that's one of the reasons we switched from Memorial Union to Mizzou Arena. Well, so thinking about the parking in that area, do you know if the university is maybe moving student parking or, you know, um, to make sure that there's more accessible parking for people as they come to Mizzou Arena to park? Yeah, so the three, um, the three parking lots that are really uh, closest to the arena, so the one immediately in front of the arena, which I think is lot I, um, those are not student parking right now anyway. So, uh, those will be available um, and very sparsely used by anybody at the university. So they will be available for voters. So when we think about the number of polling places and where all these polling places are, um, you know, I'm making the assumption that every polling place that we've had in the past is open. Is that a correct assumption? Um, so we've got 76 polling locations. Um, not every polling location was comfortable being available, but we are comfortable with the number that we have. Having 76 has really allowed us to um, ensure that we don't over assign too many voters to one polling place. Um, so the ones that have not been able to be assigned, we've done other things like uh, in-person absentee at those locations. Um, Lenore Woods is a good example. So Lenore will be a polling place, but in order to make sure that we don't have um, kind of cross, for lack of a better word, I guess, cross-contamination between residents mm -hmm. of Lenore that would normally go to the community center to vote um, because they're in a high-risk category. We went uh, a couple weeks ago and offered in-person absentee at the community center just for the Lenore residents so that they didn't have to worry about going to um, the polling place when it was open to the public. So for any of the ones that were in those situations, we provided that. But the polling locations themselves, um, 
we've added some that we picked up in June and August. City of Refuge is a great example. Um, they've been a really good partner in becoming a polling place on the fly. And they were great in June and August, and we are using them again uh, in November. So they're, they're a new one, um, but they're taking the place of uh, one that could not serve as a polling place for this election. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, being very close to my house and my neighborhood, I did wonder if the um, typical polling place would be open or if it would be an alternative. So it's really good to hear that, you know, some of our um, more vulnerable um, polling places were, were considering alternatives, but close by, it sounds like. Um, and then there's extended hours in that for um, Boone County. I know that you guys are open late on Tuesdays. Is that correct? For absentee yeah, so voters? We're, we're open until 7 o'clock every Tuesday. Um, and then we have those Saturday locations for absentee at the different high schools. Uh, and then we will also be open on Halloween. The office will be open um, for extended hours that day. Uh, and um, we're looking, I mean, the biggest limitation is staff time right now. So we're just, we're looking to see if we can add some additional hours in different places to, to help out people. So I had already mailed my absentee ballot in and, you know, I, I said, I asked my daughter, I said, Hey, do you still have yours? And she said, yeah, she handed it to me. And that, you know, she said, but I'm going to take it in in person. Cause I'm really worried, you know, what Trump has said. And so like, obviously the idea that um, there's been an impact in the perception of the safety of mail-in ballots, what would you say to voters who are worried about, you know, either bringing that mail-in ballot in person or um, just the integrity of our elections in general? I, I would say uh, locally we've seen really good turnarounds on things that have been mailed. So we're getting trays of ballots back every day. So um, to me, that's indicative that everything is getting through the way that it should. Um, but as we are getting closer to the election, um, I really do encourage people, if they're voting absentee, to bring the ballot by in person. Um, it just ensures that we don't have to worry about timeliness. That's the, if you look at the August election, the number one reason why um, ballots ended up not being able to count was because they were received after the deadline. And we didn't have a huge number of them, but any number of them is, um, you know, it's somebody that didn't get their vote to count. And the only reason why is because it was late. So uh, I have a lot of faith in our local mail system. Um, they've been really good in making sure that uh, we get ballots in a timely manner. And I know that as we get closer to the election, they're really going to be stepping up what they're doing to make sure we get all of those. Um, and the other thing to know is, if you are, are really, really concerned about doing any of it by mail, feel free to come to our office or to one of the satellite locations. We have hundreds of people every day that are voting absentee in person. Um, it's really fast. You get your ballot, you put it in the machine, and um, all of the social distancing and precautionary measures that I mentioned that are happening at the polling place are also happening at our office and in our curbside location. So, so um, that question, ensures that- Brianna? Oh. Go ahead. Voter yep. intimidation. You know, I think that across the country, there's a little bit of fear about 
what if there is um, intimidation at the polling places? What are you guys doing to be proactive? And, and any concerns in Boone County? Yeah, so um, that is an excellent question. Uh, as the uh, election gets closer, one of the things that we've always done is um, be part of, there's a consortium of shared information about security, physical security, cybersecurity, that really kind of spun up after the 2016 and 2018 elections. And so we're part of that. It's called the EIISAC and the MSISAC uh, acronyms. And those um, help alert us if there are anything that, you know, might pop some red flags about things happening. So we are constantly getting information down from those sources and from um, governmental partners that are watching those concerns. Um, we've also been, you know, working internally with our Office of Emergency Management on putting our preparedness plans together and uh, working with other clerks on what they hear in their communities as well. In 2016, St. Louis City and Greene County um, started getting some credible information that perhaps that was going to happen in those areas. And so they have a lot of learned experience and learned lessons about uh, how they handled it. And nothing came to fruition in 2016, but they were well prepared. So uh, we have thankfully a lot of uh, experienced people that know um, what to look out for and we're working with them. The important thing to me is making sure that we have plans in place and a open line of communication if things like that do happen. All right. Thank you so much, Brianna, for making our voting accessible and keeping us safe um, up into and on Election Day. Back to you in the studio, Peter. Thank you very much, Jenny. Thank you also to Brianna Lennon. Wow, what an informative discussion. Um, seems as apt a time as any to remind our listeners that you can catch the full discussion on kopn.org kopn.org it will be uploaded later today also on our facebook profile and spotify and apple podcasts and all of the information that was covered there including the important dates of uh, october 21st and election night itself can be found on the county's website that web address is vote.boonmo.org so thank you very much to our listeners for tuning in to Community Pulse. Next time we speak to you live will be Monday morning at 9 a.m. Until then, we bid you a fantastic weekend. Do stay safe, stay informed, and don't forget your most important civic duty, that is voting in any election, irrespective of your political inclinations. 51% follows. Thank you so much for joining us, Columbia, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. <laughs>